0: Welcome friends, to another r nuclear revenge video. We have a crazy story today of somebody sending their ex to prison. But first, a story from Golera 1, Hi Poo Drifter. Many years ago, while recovering from a brutal marriage, I was a struggling single parent putting myself through grad school on a small teaching associate stipend. I was able to rent a modest apartment within walking distance of the urban campus. It was part of a series of small, 100-year-old brick townhouses, which I imagine were very nice in their day. Over the years, as old buildings do, it had settled and the doors and windows were askew enough to be drafty. In the snowy winter, we applied plenty of shrink wrap window cling. In the summer, the brick building was like an oven, with no central AC, and ventilation was necessary to stave off heat stroke. Despite the hardships, we were safe and we were content. After a couple of years, though, this changed when a new dude moved into a nearby apartment, because out of the scores of parking spaces behind the apartment block, he was assigned the parking space right behind mine. This guy was apparently an avid fan of the Fast and Furious franchise, having made various mods to his car and a vanity plate reading Drifter. He spent all of his free time working on this stupid car, but the idiot had clearly neglected the car's actual engine and exhaust system. Because in order to drive the thing, he had to warm it up for 10 to 15 minutes before driving off. Every single time. And it wasn't regular car exhaust. It was billowing and extra rich, and smelled like the gasoline wasn't fully burning off. As I mentioned in the beginning, the apartment was old and drafty. So every time he decided to drive his car, sometimes several times a day, he would first let it billow clouds of noxious exhaust fumes into nearby apartments and right into my four-year-old's bedroom. I tried everything to keep the fumes out, but to no avail. My child and I both fell ill every time. This was hurting my kid. I couldn't afford to move, and I was out of ideas. Seeing that he was outside working on his car again, but without giving too many details about myself, I approached the guy and explained that the fumes were filling my apartment and making me ill, and politely asked if he would mind warming his car up further away from the surrounding apartments. He sneered at me and said, well, I'm sorry, but not all of us are lucky enough to have mommy and daddy pay for their car and put them through college. I'm sorry that my car is not up to your standards, but I'm not moving it. Shocked, I walk off in a different direction than my apartment, so he wouldn't know exactly where I live. By the time I got home, I was angry, fuming. I knew some sort of formal complaint would likely go nowhere. Besides, it was truly stupid to be the only person to do so right before whatever I was going to do next. I took some time to monitor his comings and goings and plan some proper consequences to fix the problem myself. The goal? To end the daily poisoning of my apartment and danger to my child permanently. Budget? Shoestring, of course, because I didn't have mommy and daddy to pay for my revenge budget. Skill level, low. The problem was the engine, and I had very little knowledge about how to quickly, quietly, and permanently disable an engine. I didn't know how to jimmy a lock or open a locked gas cap, so I wouldn't be able to get access to the engine or gas tank. And no, I was not about to google instructions. Time available, minutes at most. The parking lot was a very busy place. Students came and went at all hours of the day and night, and sometimes just hung out there to party or to set nearby dumpsters on fire. As much as I wanted to, I couldn't just douse the car in gasoline or set it on fire, because it was parked way too close to my apartment. Cosmetic damage wouldn't work, slashing tires or breaking windows, while satisfying, could be too loud and not permanent. And then on reconnaissance day two, I noticed it. His car was old enough to have little triangle windows for venting in the back windows, and he kept them open at night. The answer? I would fight fumes with fumes. The next day, I bought a cheap Gatorade squeeze bottle and some eggs. I made a yellow soup out of egg yolks and warm water and filled the bottle to about two-thirds full, then added some of the fresh dog poo that was always available next to the sidewalk outside. I screwed the cap onto the bottle and left it in the sun outside for several days, swirling it around from time to time. I waited for the early hours of a Tuesday morning when the parking lot was the least busy and snuck up to the car. The triangle windows were open, I popped the cap up, aimed it into the car and sprayed days old sun baked rotten egg and dog poop soup over every available surface of the inside of his car down the window wells, into the air conditioner vents, and soaking into crevices and upholstery. I tossed the Gatorade bottle of horror into the dumpster, went back inside, and went to sleep. The next day was a warm one. It was one of the great joys of my life to have been home that afternoon at just the right time, to be startled by a man's voice screaming, What the freak? What the freak? What the freak? I ran upstairs to the window he regularly fumigated and through the blinds watched the scene unfold. The dude had opened the driver's side door and repeatedly moved his head closer to sniff and then gag, like he refused to believe the smell was coming from his car. He opened the other door to investigate. He kept yelling, what the freak, and then he ran off. He came back a few minutes later wearing dishwashing gloves and carrying a stucco bucket full of sudsy water, a sponge, and a scrub brush. He spent the next half hour scream growling, holding his breath, bobbing his head into the car and scrubbing, pulling his head out to gag and scream, what the freak, and taking more deep breaths to go back in. The scrubbing and retching and screaming were increasingly interspersed with pounding on the dashboard and the roof, kicking his rims and loudly vowing revenge at the sky. Within about 30 minutes, he was surrounded by 10 other dudes standing in a wide half-circle around the car, drinking some beers, watching the show, laughing and offering pointers like King of the Hill come to life. It took him roughly an hour to realize that the battle had been lost. The dude's yelling became hoarse and whimpery. He retrieved his toolbox, removed a wrench, and started doing something new to the interior. He suddenly pulled out the entire driver's seat, walked away with it and angrily heaved it into the dumpster. He did the same with the passenger seat. Then he took the bucket over and dumped the soapy poo-soup water next to the dumpster, brought the bucket back to the car, turned it upside down, placed it where the driver's seat used to be, sat on it and I kid you not, drove off that way. I never saw the car again, he never drove it back that and his pride must have been a total loss. My greatest regret is that because smartphones didn't exist, I have no recording of that glorious day. Do you think considering this guy did not properly maintenance his car and was causing such issues with the fumigation and venting going on, that what OP did was fair enough in retaliation or was it just too over the line probably? Let me know what you guys think in the comments down below. Our next story is from Haria 889 Work did nothing about sexual harassment, so I took it into my own hands. I work a heavy labor job with a 95% male population. My workplace has a zero-tolerance sexual harassment policy. But when push comes to shove, apparently that's not true. The men at my work are ruthless. I've heard so many sexual comments from people I've never spoken to before, I've lost count. Imagine the most vulgar statement you can think of. I've heard worse, but I let it slide, it doesn't bother me. However, I've been stalked by this guy James. He parked beside my car every day so he could walk into work with me and leave work with me. He would follow me after work to figure out what my routine was. Whatever, I ignored it. Probably should have kept it documented though. I'm a very outgoing person at work and know just about everyone. A few of my friends said James was telling them that I sent him unclothed photos. His friend Muhammad chimed in, saying he's seen them and it's 100% true. Well, that was the last straw, and I reported him to Human Resources. Nothing came out of it other than a slap on the wrist. The manager told me to wear baggier clothing and have thicker skin. However, a lot of the other females at work told me they're having the same problem with these two men and work is doing nothing about it. Well, now James and Muhammad have a god complex and have been showing inappropriate photos to anyone they can saying it's me, which I've explained to many people who've come up to me that it's not me because I'm covered in tattoos. So unless that girl has all the same tattoos, it's not me. I also don't take photos like that. They go out of their way to bully me for snitching on them like little kids. Well, after a few months of this and knowing other girls are in the same boat, I had enough I could report them again, but I doubt anything will come of it. So I had an idea. A few nights ago, I was driving home, and they sped past me at the speed of light, honking their horns, high-beaming me, etc. So I went home and gave an anonymous tip to the police, because this happens five days of the week. The police caught them the next day, fined for stunt driving, license suspended, cars impounded for seven days and need to go to court. Work is a long commute from our town. They have no way of getting to work, and after 7 call-ins, you're fired. Now they can reflect at home with no job, no license, or increased insurance, about how karma is a witch. These two guys, considering everything they've done and continued to do right up until being caught, makes it pretty darn clear they deserved everything that happened to them, and maybe even a little bit more. By the way if you're enjoying these stories make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below so you never miss any of my daily videos this next story is from substantial salt ruined co-workers life put him in a shelter i work at a fast food restaurant i love the place been here for two years co-worker is family of the owner he gets hired every time he's on the shift he works way too slow he causes extra work for everyone involved Often 2-3 to more hours of prep that should have been done during his shift. Also bosses us around like he's the GM, but he's a base level employee. Takes advantage of his situation to manipulate the female workers to do his work. I'm done. Pissed off. Time for revenge. I know everyone in the restaurant but the owner hates him. The owner is conveniently ignorant of co-workers' actions. I create a fake Google account. First name, the F word. Last name, co-workers' name. The addresses of the restaurant itself. I go to voice.google.com and begin to text my coworkers. I ask, I have a plan to get rid of coworker. I say, you in? Then I ask, is co-worker the worst employee here? They say yes, and I say why? I type up all the responses and print hundreds of copies of each. Each packet is two pages. Bathrooms don't have cameras for legal reasons. Every day, multiple times a day, I placed a stapled copy in one bathroom stall. Each bathroom stall gets used about once an hour. Could be anyone placing these. The customers themselves read and bring the packet to the manager. It's entertaining stuff. Oh boy, the owner's pissed. Firestorm's been created and he knows it won't stop. He calls everyone in to discuss this matter. Conveniently, I'm a great liar and he has no idea it's me. We start getting negative reviews telling us to fire a coworker literally nothing is more influential to an owner than negative reviews co-worker gets fired absolutely no one in the area will hire this kid they all know his name he doesn't have money to move he goes broke and now lives in a shelter serves you right witch it might be a little excessive for just what is basically amounting to a lazy coworker with nepotism but you definitely can't say it's not a nuclear revenge and our final story of the days from tar confessions i got my abusive ex sent to prison in false charges this is definitely going to be one of the cruelest things you have ever heard this happened around 40 years ago i used to live in a conservative country the whole women don't work men can't be abused abortion is a punishable crime sort of country i was dating a girl at that time she was the typical narcissist One year into the relationship, she was abusing me in every way, verbal, physical, sexual. At that time, I didn't even realize what I was going through was abuse. She forced me to lay with her and forcibly got herself pregnant when I told her I wanted space. She told me how I must always be with her or the child will pay the price. She used to threaten me by saying that the child will die if I leave her. A few weeks into the pregnancy, I wanted out. I was very confused at that time i felt angry frustrated disgusted with myself but i didn't know why i knew what was happening was wrong but i couldn't articulate my feelings to others all i knew was that i needed to get out or i wasn't going to survive so i got a transfer to another city secretly i was planning to leave and never look back but the thought of an innocent child under her mercy was unbearable then i put another plan into motion I got pills from a dealer with cash. I had to travel to another city for a week for work. I grounded the pills and replaced the powder inside her medicine capsules with these pills powder. She takes those medicines daily. I told her I'm breaking up with her just before leaving, and I also told her that I'll leave the city by the end of the month. She called all of our mutual acquaintances and told them about how heartless I was being. From the pills, the pregnancy ended while I was away on the business trip. She was detained by the time I came back because the doctor suspected that it was intentional and not a miscarriage. When the police questioned me, I told them that I told her I was breaking up with her and that I was all set to move to another city by the end of the month. This was confirmed by others. The police thought she performed an illegal act to avoid being a single mother. She didn't have a job, and generally it's frowned upon having kids out of wedlock. She got sentenced to 25 years in prison for homicide. She passed in prison after serving 23 years. She was a horrible person to me, but there's no sure way of me justifying my actions by saying she would have been horrible to the child too. Maybe she would have changed. Maybe she would have come to her senses once I left. Maybe her mother instincts would have kicked in and she would have been an amazing mother. It just wasn't a chance that I was willing to take. I made a choice into getting into a relationship with her. I just couldn't even entertain the thought of leaving an innocent baby with a person like her. I'm a jerk, a killer, and a fraud, but I don't regret what I was forced to do. You know, you go into all these nuclear revenge stories, and you're expecting things that you you come out feeling like they were really justified, but then you get stories like this and you're left like that gif of Spongebob sitting in the restaurant with his hands folded up and the coffee steaming. You just finish the story and you're left in reflection and like that whole mood where you're sitting there like, dang, yikes. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today.